When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 573 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles, joined once again by the fantastic duo of Stephen Kyle Brackey and Ben Funky Askren, the youngest male model of them all. Ben, how are you doing? You know what I was thinking last night? I was thinking, it's crazy that we forgot. Christian, we talked about nothing for like six months straight. Do you remember that? I, I oh. mean, I was just like thinking, what are we talking about tomorrow? I'm like, oh yeah, we have this event and that event and this happened and that's happened. And I'm like, remember for six months, we literally talked about nothing. Yeah, literally. Uh, we, we, just, we made up fantasy matchups for we, six months. <laughs> yeah, we we angered a wrestling nation. Um, we Yeah, we made it happen. And now wrestling is really, really back in a, in a major. Really I mean, back. Think of this weekend. We had NHSCA duels, these Elite Eight duels, where a ton of nationally ranked competition happened. Um, did you follow that at all, Ben? So, okay, so I saw you in that. I looked on that website they had, and I couldn't find results anywhere on their website or where or where to go to results. Well, Twitter is, was, is, in my opinion, the greatest resource uh, on the internet. I don't so follow enough high school wrestling people on Twitter, Piles. If you would have tweeted a results link, I would have seen it. I would have went there, but... I did not see it, and then well, that's I had why question. you had to go to Flow Arena. They well, why wouldn't they say it's on Flow Arena? I was on their website everywhere looking for results, and they did not say just go to Flow Arena. <laughs> I, did, hey, I said, didn't know it was on Flow Arena. Arena. <laughs> see, yeah. see what I'm talking about? And uh, <laughs> I, I work here. You work there. You were, and the, and it, you were like out of pocket all weekend. Yeah, I was though. out of pocket for sure. You, I don't remember that. I'm gonna go back. I don't remember Kirsten saying anything too bad. I did no, not out of pocket. Out of pocket also means um like, like unavailable. Yeah. Oh, I don't see. I don't know these kids' terms that you guys are using. You have to speak in. It's not a kid term. I don't, I don't a, think that's it's a, a very term. Uh, business office term. So it means like so, you're working out of pocket. So like your phone, like that's. Oh, like, that's what that means. I thought out of pocket meant like you were like saying well, a bunch of dumb stuff. It, it can mean both. Yeah. yeah. Out of oh, pocket is a colloquialism used in the southern region of the United States. <laughs> it is favored by grandparents and great grandparents. This is according to Urban Dictionary. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, I so. did not notice. Hey, and then the the NHSCA duels. Um, those are the ones that usually happen in May, right? Correct. Yeah. And so they just moved them because they couldn't have them in May. Correct. Mm-hmm. Ocean, in Ocean City instead of uh, Virginia Beach. Virginia Beach. Beach. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I, obviously I was kind of following 
the social media on flow social media but yeah uh i saw i think the biggest one was and i didn't realize he majored him but on the first day chidham beat valencia and on the second day Hamidi beat chidham relatively badly i thought that was uh pretty wild yes so Hamidi beat chidham and valencia this weekend it's pretty good That's he should pretty... have petty gallagher yeah i agree we should <laughs> make that match happen um Maybe Does Ohio have a season? Because Illinois doesn't have a season. So, like, I'm sure Hamidi's available. I am sure Ohio's going to have a season because they, they had all fall sports. Hamidi um, is super so available. Unless something changes in Ohio, I'd be surprised. Mm. Hamidi definitely is actively in pursuit of this match. Yes. But yeah, because it makes sense because it's going to – I mean, if Ohio has a season and Illinois doesn't, how is it going to happen? Yeah. I, I don't – it won't happen otherwise. Um, so – yeah, that's that's like the I don't know I don't know if it's the number one match in high school I want to see, but it might be. It's up there. Mm. It's an excellent one. So that those were, I mean, that kind of little triangle there with those three is probably the juiciest of. Uh, and Valencia took another loss to he lost to Fields. Was that this week, Bracky? Yeah, oh, Derek Fields. Yes, he's pretty good. Though. He's ranked like third or fourth <laughs> or somewhere in there. Yeah, I believe he's uh, committed to NC State. Um, but yeah, he had no slouch there whatsoever. Yeah, Min, uh, Minion Le- Legend beat Team Kong in the finals. Um, and kind of the, the end is Horn got his revenge on Coppice. Um, so those two just can't stop wrestling each other. So Horn is back up to number one in the country right. at heavyweight. That's wild. Um, yeah. A lot, lot of shifting, a lot of movement there at heavyweight class. Okay, Ben, it's, it's uh, Zahid oh. Burroughs week. Um, and the trash talk is ramping up between these two, uh, a, yeah, a, a little bit ramp, ramping up to like, uh, a, a mild or maybe medium. Definitely. Well, listen, listen, com- uh, I, I think it, well, first of all, I was, when I was reading the, uh, the Burroughs visualization tweets of the moment, yeah. I, he got me so good on that with the, that was great. I, I was just reading, I was like just captivated <laughs> and I didn't like skip to the end where it said Burroughs mm-hmm. nine Valencia two. I don't know if Tyler, if you can pull it up, but. I thought it was um I thought it was hilarious actually where he's so Zahid asked, so, Hey, we'll sign out if, what? Well I uh, no I the Burroughs tweet was it was pretty good. Not great. Because one of the things in Twitter is like if it's too long, uh, a bunch of people don't read it, you know? They, it's like Twitter people are lazy, they want to scroll and just you know, understand it in five seconds. If he would have made this a video and like took long dramatic pauses, it would have been like such a killer promo video you know think about him saying these words yeah. because the words are good and he says your family at home screams in excitement you look over the final scoreboard burrows nine valencia two <laughs> like right if you were you know, cut a promo selfie that would have been fantastic yeah that w- yeah that would have been good that would have been good uh, no question um so yeah and- i thought that was that was funny i read that and i was like oh it's good trash talk from jb He's 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 mastered uh, the the cool trash talk. He doesn't like go too far. I feel like he finds the it's uh, I think trash talk that wrestling fans are, are a little more okay with. Whereas there's some that I think definitely crosses the line. So I thought, uh, I thought it was Val- Valencia's comeback was relatively weak. Uh, well, listen, what was he? What, should... he what, what would you say? Oh, okay, this is okay, easy, this is an easy one. What? This is an easy one. I would have brought up a, a time where he didn't score nine points, like. Oh, like that time you scored nine points against Kyle Dake, you know, or right some match like that, or then okay. match you scored nine. 
you know, pick a pick a match like that. That's probably like where you could have came back because yeah, his, his comeback tweet was not 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 great. Yeah, there's probably a Franklin Gomez reference that could be made in there. Oh, let's see, there you go. Like Franklin Gomez, that would have been a great one. Yeah, because when you bring up Kyle Dake, it's like, well, he did you know blank the entire planet one time. So yeah, that's yeah, it's not exactly a dunk. Um, I like the Franklin yeah. Gomez. That was that's a good one, Christian. You, you're you are gaining your wings as a trash talker. <laughs> well, I could that, yeah. Listen, I could do right. it, but um, yeah, I don't. I can't back it up with anything. Maybe I could help. Maybe I could be a. a we could be trash talking Ghost Rider. Yeah, ghostwrite these, ghostwrite the trash talk on Twitter. Absolutely. So let me ask you this: Who's the last person that scored nine points on Zahid? Dinger, I think. Yeah, it could have been Ringer. Um, folks, he's been pinned in folk style. I don't know if he gave up nine uh, points. But Daniel Lewis, he was yeah. winning that match though. Right. He didn't give up nine oh. points. Yeah, that match. It was. Uh, yeah, well, actually, Dylan Wiseman scored score. ten points on him. His last uh, duel. What? It was like the fourteen. Guy? Shout yeah. out Virginia. It was like fourteen to ten. Zaid was Zahid was pretty sick apparently, but wanted to wrestle wow. because he wanted uh, he wanted to try to have matches for his Hodge, his Hodge oh, campaign. Oh, was sick. It was like fourteen to ten. Yeah, he should have went to Central Missouri Valley State Open, freshman sophomore division. Man, my 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 senior year, I couldn't see straight on senior night, and I said, God, "Coach Smith, get out of the way. I'm wrestling on senior night. Beat it." Did you win? I mean, I know you won. Did you pay? I, I won. I, uh, no, I only won ten to two. I couldn't see straight. I wrestled Lloyd Rogers from UTC, and uh, we only put our whole. It was like it was like the coronavirus. Our whole team got sick. We only put five <laughs> people out for the duel. We had 41 people on our roster, Christian. We put five people out for the duel. That's how many people were sick. Oh my gosh. We had five people. We're and, you, and then you got Lloyd Rogers sick. I probably shouldn't have been wrestling. I, I pinned Lloyd Rogers in the second round of the NCAAs that year, I think. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, because he was yeah. sick from wrestling in. Yeah. You debilitated <laughs> him on senior night. My gosh, Ben. Reckless behavior. Yeah. yeah uh, job, Kozak brought it up, and then, as I suspected, Deringer beat him 12-1 uh, in Raleigh in 2019 in the first match. I think he teched him again. Yeah, he beat him. He just gut-wrenched him a whole bunch of times, right? He That's took him down. Yeah, he took him down a bunch. Hmm. Yeah, 12-2 yeah. in the second one. So he teched him twice? Yeah. Well, that's that's alarming. I mean, but then I, uh, he, he beat, beat him, him later. in January, yeah. So, man, I've been going back and forth because part of me said, I, I right, part of me says that he does, doesn't really have a chance, and then part of me says, like, man, Jordan might be in trouble here. Like, I think that he can get him. And I've been really going back and forth on this. Well, elaborate, because I, I want to hear more. Well, I mean, like, the okay, you showed the clip yesterday. Uh, Flo's been showing the clips of build up, right? Man, those matches he had with Kyle Dake were so close. They were really, really competitive matches. Kyle Dake's won the world title two years in a row. Um, so you see things like that, or you see him um how good he looked at Mateo Pelicone last year right at 189 pounds and you're like wow he's really really good and then then you say or I didn't even think about the Dylan Wisman match but like that'd be a great example or um who is the Nebraska kid that almost beat him Vens Vens like you think about that match and you're like okay how does how does this guy have a shot against Burroughs like right here so Burroughs is more like this he doesn't really have really up or down performances. He's relatively consistent. He's had a couple down performances in his life. And you think about Zahid and he's had, you know, it's been like this kind of, 
right? Where it's a roller coaster. His his highest level performances versus lower level performances, there, there's a relatively large gap in there. Like his lower level performances, like when he got attacked by Deeringer twice, is like that's that's pretty bad, right? So you you kind of have this conundrum where you're like, well, which heat is going to show up? Is it going to be the high end of his performance, or is it going to be on the low end of his performance? What do you think the match would need to look like for Zahid to win? Um, well, I would, so I would think obviously the best Zahid's going to need to show up. If it's the, if it's the not as good Zahid showing up, he's going to get killed. And, um, I think that's probably training and off the mat stuff. Right. Um, and I always say this to guys, if they're not consistent off the mat, um, and if they're doing other stuff, that's going to affect your performance. And you can have your really high moments sometimes, which is at the top of your potential, but then you can also have your down moments also where, um, where you perform way below what your potential is. No, but my question is, what does the match? Technically, yeah, well, yeah. I, I mean, okay. Let's say, all right, Zahid won. I just tell you, Zahid won. What do you think? The how do you think the match played out? Do you think it was like a, a, a an eight six or a six six criteria one? Was it like a two no. one thing? What do you think? It's like four three three yeah. two something like that. Like a real tight one. Um, the hand fight. Uh, Zahid's able to stop Jordan from getting his shots because, like we, we talked about, Zahid's one of the few people in America that can match Jordan's athletic uh, athleticism. I mean, Zahid's really, really fast, and so if he can stay at distance and not let Jordan get in, yeah, he can make it really competitive. So I would say four three three two. I don't think. I mean, there's just no way Zahid's gonna put up a whole bunch of points on Jordan, right? We've never really seen that. No, have we? No, no. I mean, ever. you can throw out so, an outlier performance, but basically, no. Correct. Basically, no. So that's, not, yeah, this is not going to happen. So if he's going to win, it's going to be a 3 2 4 3 type of result. I feel like Zahid has to score early. I feel like he's got to surprise Jordan with something, catch him with, with a double or a quick single or something, quick strike where he gets on the board early. Um, I think if it goes to the second period, they're tied or he's trailing, I don't think he's be able to come after Jordan and, and take the win. Even, um, so I think, in the, plus, you, you, we've seen Jordan will give up that early takedown. We've mentioned that. I think that's something he has to take advantage of. He has to put himself in, in that kind of a position. So I think early score is going to be absolutely paramount for Zahid, and I think he'll probably know that and mm-hmm. go. Because if he's in a hole, if, if Zahid is in a hole and— like How big a hole are we talking? Three points. Yeah, step out and a okay. takedown. He's in a hole and he's got to start attacking and Jordan can kind of hang back and wait for the attack from Zahid. He's, I think he's going to pick him apart and then it'll, it'll spiral. But if it becomes something where Zahid's up and Jordan's got to really come and we know where Zahid's really, really tough guy to, to score on, I can see that materializing. Um, that's kind of how it would need to materialize for Zahid. Obviously, on a high level, Burrow's last two losses were come from behinds. No, oh, listen. There's no... Zahid will have to be winning at some point to win the match. Therefore, yes. I mean, that, there's basically... There's not a... Unless you're saying Zahid needs to hang back and be within a takedown in the last 30 seconds and then try to score, which I, I don't know. Um, I don't think that's just a good strategy. Just because that's happening. That's not a good strategy. No, but if it's like a one shot. point or a two point, like one, he needs one takedown at the end of the match. Like I'm not counting that out at all. Yeah, so I think I mean Zahid's gotta you gotta figure Zahid's gonna need to be up by three points in the last thirty seconds because 
Jordan is almost a guaranteed takedown when he has to get it in those last 30. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So he's got to find his way to use his size. And, and the interesting thing is Jordan is probably, man, no one wrestles the edge better than him in, in terms of like knowing how to get the step outs and knowing how to wrestle yep. on that. I mean, Dake's really good there as well. But I think can Zahid use his size and – wrestling ability to get low and find his way to a few kind of cheap step out points and and make it a little interesting because he can really rel- call cheap What's your points at that level because uh they're not cheap just like i don't know not cheap in that they're not worth it's just like you know you don't have to have this incredible technical proficiency if you can just I find disagree. i disagree well compared to compared I, to I, a finish no, uh, I mean, okay, yeah, your finish, a finish is harder, but I mean, so I listen, go all the way back. I think step outs got put it in 05 or 06. And I remember thinking, this sucks, this is gonna ruin the sport because you're just gonna have a bunch of guys trying to push each other out of bounds. Yeah. And now, if you watch wrestling, like people are so proficient with the underhook, overhook, seatbelt game on the edge. I mean, it's, it's really fantastic. And you know, Burrow specifically, that one technique that he uses, and it's like, like it, it kind of seems simple to your point. But then you're like, if you tried to do it yourself, this is really freaking hard. The one where he gets up on the hip bone and he's mm-hmm. like, he has one one drive leg up and one knee down, and he's able to maneuver the opponent out of bounds. Yeah. Like how he does that is is really tremendous. I mean, it's really really impressive the way he's able to keep his core strong, keep his neck up, and then really right because the other guy's on his feet and they're generally trying to circle or whatever. Yeah, and how he's able to he like cuts him off or something. Yeah, exactly. Find the angle on him. Like, that does take a lot of technical proficiency. And then when I watch the the underhook, overhook, seatbelt battles, you know, Iranix is especially good here because they use it so much. Man, I am so impressed by edge work now in 2020 from what what I thought it was going to be to what it actually is is, yeah, it's way different. Yeah. And, you know, I think from an output perspective, they can be less just physical. They can – you pay maybe less of a physical toll when you're, when you're trying to get them. I mean, certainly there are examples that you really have to fight for that one. But, you know, if you get a, him standing on a single and you can just back him out of bounds and try instead of trying to figure out how you're going to get that second leg with Jordan. But they but they don't but guys that good don't go go the guys that good don't go out of bounds anymore, right? They do there's the Chimizo technique where you go down and then you wrestle back into him, yeah. which I think Chimizo actually scored on Jordan with, right? Um uh, at least once, I believe. You guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know the I know the sequence. It's almost like he hits like a the switch motion. Is that it's, what you're talking about? It's a little about? bit of a, it's a little bit of a switch, except you go to your knees instead of um, your butt. So yeah. you, so there's that. If the legs on the one side, the legs on the other side, you got the Batirov technique where you base down and you go elbow into your side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, seal. so very few. Yeah, and you seal out and let them climb up and you hand fight out and whatnot. So there's there's very few people. I'm not talking about at a low level. I'm talking about at a high level, at a really high level, which obviously we're talking about Zahid and Jordan. We're talking really high-level wrestling. There's very few people who just go out of bounds um, right away, you know, just give up one point easy. Maybe if it's the beginning of the match, first 30 seconds, they would do it. But if we're in the second period and it's nip and tuck and there's uh, one point matters, they're, they're going to wrestle that situation. They're not going to just go out of bounds. With Zahid and Jordan, is it a uh... – if Zahid were, were kind of outlying or laying out how, how Zahid can win, do you think it's defensive scores for Zahid, or do you think he goes and, and gets takedowns? I, I really think what it would be, and I don't know how much they've trained together. I don't have the answer to that, but I think that Jordan would underestimate Zahid's speed. 
as he would get in on legs. And once he gets on legs, he's deceptively strong. He's really strong in there, and he would, he's going to finish. So um, if Jordan lets him get in too deep because he underestimates his speed, that's where I think we, he could have an issue. Got it. Do you see Parterre playing a, playing a role here in this? Not really. He's not really great on top, and Jordan, generally speaking, doesn't score a lot of points unless it's a leg lace transition, right? I mean, that that's where Jordan can – We've seen it happen time after time, right? Either he doesn't score on top or he gets a late lace transition and, and it's over. Yeah, I think, I, I don't know. I think Jordan's gut has been improving and he's got the trap arm now they'll go to. So I think there's a chance. Mm -hmm. Certainly the, the parterre edge is definitely to Jordan, not Zahid. Yes. Um, Agreed. So we'll we'll see how that goes. I uh I think there's a path there. It's it's he's gonna have to wrestle a really a pretty perfect match, but I think there is that element of we've never seen him up at this weight, right? And we've never seen Jordan yeah. um take on this sort of a of a challenge. And he said this is what he wanted. He wanted a a, a real challenge. And um how about Imar got kinda upset at Jordan, which which surprised me. I thought that was fair. Why why? That's fair. Oh really? Um, well, I guess was, I guess what was, I the verb, what was the verbiage he used? I can't recall what the verbiage. Uh, do we have the tweet so we can Hang see on. the verbiage yeah. that was used? I hope Imar didn't delete. I was referred to as a quality opponent. That's crazy disrespectful, especially when you took the high road. Especially when I took the high road with your troubles against the scale. No pre no protest, oh. no arbitration, no litigation. April will be here soon enough. So I thought. I mean, I. Are we not going to talk about the uh, – I, I forgot that. Listen, we talked about some tweets. I guess the wrestling Twitter has been on fire. Are we not going to talk about the allegations in that tweet? Because there's some pretty strong allegations in there, Christian. Right. Um, I mean, listen, we all we all saw what happened. Jordan initially missed weight and then at the end was cleared. So, I, I mean, it's kind of a weird time to bring it up. It, I, I thought – I thought it was a strange time to bring it up personally. And yeah, I mean, it's, just one of, it's one of those things like, I mean, I would feel, and I wasn't there, so I don't know what happened. If Imar somehow definitively knows that that was the case. And listen, Imar, if if he missed weight by a little bit, and wrestling's funny because if wrestling you miss weight, it's by like 0 0.1, 0 0.2, right. right? It's not like the MMA where they're like six pounds over. You're like, what are you even doing? You're six pounds <laughs> over, bro. Like, it's like 0.1. So if Imar said, you know what, I'm not going to – I don't want to make the world team by some some dude missing weight by 0.1 kilogram or something ridiculous like that. Um, that you know, That's honorable. That's probably what he should have done. That's probably what I would have done in that situation. No one wants to make the team like that. And But listen, those matches I, – I, I remember podcasting before that world team trials. I didn't give Imar that much of a chance. I kind of counted him out. Dude, he for made sure. girls work for it. Like – he won the second match. That was that was a battle. That series was a battle. Yeah, I mean Jordan had to uh go psycho mode at the end of the first one to even win the yeah. first one. Uh or else we're looking at an Imar straight sweep. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I I mean I my thing with the with Imar's tweet is I just I listened to that whole interview <laughs> and I didn't think that he was disrespecting Imar. I thought he was saying, I wanted to go up and get a new challenge. And I, I mean, Imar is a quality opponent, right? Um, yeah. Um, 
I, I think he feel listen, this isn't maybe me putting words into his mouth, but obviously based on his tweet, I think he just felt like Jordan was maybe being a little dismissive of him. Although um, he did now that you mention it, Ben, he did uh Bader asked Jordan, Are you preparing for anyone else in April? And I think Jordan basically said he's like, It's it's gonna be Dake. I know it'll be Dake, etc. Which mm. if I'm Imar, I'm like, listen. I have a better win percentage against you than Kyle Dake does. Now, matchups matter, and Imar, I don't know if he matches up. Imar may match up better against Jordan I think than, he does. than Dake yeah. because Dake, because with Imar's underhook. Upper body scenarios. Yeah, he sure. can clear all of those ties, and, like, I, I don't know. For whatever reason, that just matchup seems to make more sense. And if, you know, there was a different guy sitting out, who knows, maybe, maybe the, the team looks different. But, um, and maybe that's why Jordan, and I think it's fair for Jordan to say that. I mean, it's like, it's so funny because on the one hand, there's the lame answer Jordan can give is like, I'm not counting, I'm, I'm expecting anyone. And yeah, then there's like the truth, which is what Jordan is saying. The truth is, as far as he can tell, is like, I'm, I believe it's going to be Dake. Well, that could be that could be Jordan's perspective on the situation, but that doesn't mean that's not going to rub Imar the wrong way. Sure. Imar did beat him in a match, and he almost beat him in another match. And... Um, you know, obviously we talk about sensitive wrestlers are sometimes Christian where, where, you know, we pick a tournament and whoever you didn't pick gets pissed at you. Yeah. And listen, I, I, I probably wasn't that sensitive as a wrestler. I had a little thicker skin, but, uh, especially when it comes to your opponents. Yeah. You can be a little more sensitive to what they say. Cause you're like, come on, dude, that's bull crap. You're, you're being dismissive and you shouldn't be being dismissive because I beat you and we had another close match. So, I, I maybe I can see both sides of it, right? I can see what Jordan's thinking, and I can also see Isaiah's perspective on it. Yeah, um, I'm not one to normally in, engage in this kind of stuff either, which is why I, I thought yes. it was uh, especially interesting. <clears throat> but yeah, yeah, so yeah, April can't come soon enough. Soon enough, I think. But I'm is I'm going to be fully healthy because didn't he just have labrum surgery? I'm I, I don't know. I thought I saw him in a brace, labrum surgery, and like. September or August? That sounds right. He d- he definitely did have some sort of an injury thing. That he I was... felt like when we when we talked to um, them after he got the Oregon State job, I think he was going to be back on the mat in December. I think he, oh, should, wow. be, he okay. should be good to go. Yeah, I thought but he sometimes... might. And I even thought maybe even November he, w- he would be back wrestling. Maybe competition ready mat. for December was yeah. the thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, sometimes those shoulder injuries take like forever to heal. Labrum is a... As a mother, pretty major deal, yeah, yeah. So hopefully he's fine. I I think that tweet was probably pretty indicative of a guy that feels like he's on the mm-hmm. on the path. Yeah. You don't you don't send that tweet if you're like, <laughs> yeah. I d- he didn't type that with one hand with his uh, <laughs> with his shoulder in a sling with the other. I think we, we talk about matchups though, and and the one time we saw Imar dig, it didn't think go very well for Imar. Well, yeah, you know what? The, yeah, I th- I've thought about that, and that was basically. That was 2017. That was, I mean, Imar was, had just lost to um, Chenzo, right? Uh, no, it was what? Oh, yeah, yes. Dekio, yes. Yeah, that his mm-hmm. first, mm-hmm. first loss so, to Chenzo, I mean, yes. I, and then fast forward a little to 2018 Final X when it's Imar in there. He gets, he gets kind of destroyed by Jordan, right? It's not, yeah. it's not very competitive. And then a year later. It's a completely different scenario against a Jordan who has not 
regressed. Uh, Jordan, who is still very much one of the best in the yep. world. So I think you compare 2017 to 2019, totally different guy. It, it, the results yeah, seem to indicate 100%. that. So matchups matter for sure. And I don't think he matches up as well uh, against Dake as Jordan. But you cannot discount the fact that he has gotten a lot better um, at, at freestyle. So, you know, you can kind of talk yeah. yourself into anything with this with this group. But um, ultimately, Jordan stands at the end of everyone's path. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would have really liked to see Isaiah against some other really quality international opponents. I mean, we haven't really got to see too much of that in the last, say, I don't know what, 12, 8, I mean, the last six months have been really shut down, but 12, 18 months would have been nice to see him internationally to see how he fares against some of those other really high-level guys. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. Um, Trent, his 2019 record, so he beat, man, did you realize he teched Jason Nolf 12-0 yeah, in, uh, at the 2019 crazy. Feral? Man, I just don't, I remember that was a crazy tournament because Nolf, Chinzo, I'm that one Nolf was just like on the one leg though. Yeah, maybe, maybe it was that, but he beat, yeah, maybe he beat yes. Chinzo and then was hurt. That was in the uh, finals. I think. Yeah, I think he got hurt in the Chinzo match. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, trying to see some some of his other. So he went to the Continental Cup. He lost to Senekoev ten zero, and that was at seventy nine though. What was that? Twenty nineteen Continental Cup. I don't know when that was. Okay. This is according to freestylewrestling.org, dot org. Our man John Kozak. Is that, yeah, is that John Kozak's website? Yes. Um, <clears throat> Okay, so that was interesting. Man, I'll, wrestling Twitter was interesting because then this <laughs> was this was not advisable. Um, I don't want to pick on 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 AJ Ferrari, but I, I just not a not an advisable tweet to come at to come at Jordan. Everyone's coming at Jordan all of a sudden. Um, I guess I, I I first I will say I think that the the election has broken many people's brains and it has not been good a good time for social media to be so prevalent and accessible for people. Um, mm-hmm. So that for, for context, but, but AJ uh, who, which Bracky is uh, wanted to talk about the Oklahoma state lineup. We're kind of going out of order from what we talked That's about, right. but AJ wanted Jordan to stop talking about politics, um, stick to wrestling while talking about, while politics. talking about <laughs> politics so as ridiculous. a wrestler. That was uh, what I tweeted. It's like you're you're telling an athlete to not talk about politics, but you're an athlete talking about politics. Like they have it one way or the other. Just shut up, man. And it's it's pretty simple. And I, and and my take is that yes, athletes should be able to give their perspective uh, as much as they want. They also will have to understand that there may be backlash from the fan base. But if you're willing to stick your neck out there, you're willing to stick your neck out there, and you can use your platform to say whatever the heck you want. Yeah, it's it's funny because it's such a the last thing I would ever want to do right now is give a political perspective because I can't imagine the uh, – it'd just be so annoying. Um, but for Jordan yeah. to – Well, you're going to have some people be very mad at you. No matter which side you pick right now, Christian, people are going to say really mean things to you. And so that's why it's like as an athlete, maybe you don't want to stick your neck out there. Maybe you <clears> want to just – maybe you don't care, right? Maybe you just want to do whatever you're doing. That's fine. And if you do want to stick your neck out there, you just understand the repercussions and you're more than welcome to. It's fine. Yeah. Um, the Yeah, it's just not a... Yeah, I don't really want to talk about politics very much. But the, I think the most interesting thing was Gable 
and Uh-oh. AJ Ferrari out <laughs> going at, back and forth on Twitter. And Gable says, don't come to heavyweight with this attitude. Sincerely, your new father. <laughs> <laughs> ben, Gable's good at trash talking, huh? Get, that, dude. that was solid. But then, you know, AJ Ferrari's comeback wasn't bad. He, the first AJ Ferrari tweet, not advisable. The comeback to Gable wasn't terrible. I kind of liked it. Although Christian informed me that, and unless I didn't know, I figured AJ knew that Anthony Cassar is not, in fact, an Italian American. Yeah, according to according to Mike, who coached uh, Anthony, he's he's actually Greek. Um, but, uh, <laughs> you know, they're pretty close, I guess. Yeah, a- AJ is- said. Uh, don't come to heavyweight, uh, crying, laughing emoji. Do you need another Italian kid to bump up and stop you from winning an NCAA title? I wouldn't be the first. Slow down there. You can hold it together, Gable. I don't know what that uh, means. Um, Listen, we can solve this real easy. There's a junior world trials this weekend. It's in Omaha. That's about halfway between Minnesota. If I'm looking geographically, Minnesota's right here. You come down, still was right here. You go up, you meet the Omaha, and uh, they're both the right age for it. So I don't see why not. Man, I know, would I know, Ferrari's I know why up. not because <laughs> it would not be advisable for. Are for you guys AJ. saying AJ Ferrari scared? No, I'm not saying he's scared. Because if I'm trying to, if I'm trying to encourage someone to show up at a tournament, I'm gonna go. He's a 197 pounder. He's a 197 pounder. No, I thought he was doing a cowboy bolt job. No, I think that's what we need to get into. All right, with this let's Oklahoma transition. State lineup transition. Go ahead, Bracky. Because John Smith uh, was was kind enough to lay out lay out kind of the Oklahoma State lineup. <clears throat> believe on like a little uh, kind of town hall Zoom thing that he did uh, for Oklahoma State fans, and he said that AJ Fry would be hundred ninety seven pounder. John Smith knows how to use a Zoom. He was on a Zoom call, dude. Come on. So someone sets this up for them. This they is, don't have to do it. First of, well, hold on. <laughs> What's this damn camera doing, son? I'm trying to go out and do some fishing in the pond. Listen, you. This is one of the most innovative wrestlers of our life, and you think he can't figure out Zoom? Well, there's some things he probably just doesn't care about. Yeah, he probably doesn't care about. But yeah, I listen. It's a very intelligent individual. He's okay. also got people for that. He's got people for that also. Uh, yeah, he said uh, if if he's healthy and good to go, which he had his own shoulder stuff uh, last season, he's going to be the starter at 197. And Dakota Gear is going to go 84. And Anthony Montavo is going to try to make 74. Um, but if he can't go to 74, Dustin Plott will be the guy at 74. They're somewhat, so, translation – uh, tale as old as time. Someone really good is going to be on the bench at Oklahoma State, and it's going to happen in the lightweights well, too. No, hold on, but hold on. Is John Smith kind of giving us the pecking order there? Because obviously, if Dakota Gears hammering AJ Ferrari. He's probably going to stay at one ninety seven, right? So is he saying AJ Ferrari can beat Dakota Gear and Dakota Gear can well, beat Montalvo? And Gear Montalvo struggled. Gear really struggled at one ninety seven last year. Yeah, he's an eighty four. He yeah. was too small. Um, okay, too small. So I, I, it might be the case that that Ferrari is getting the best of gear, but I also think gear was too small, and they're he's better at eighty four, and that's probably their best lineup if he's if he's at eighty four. So can Plot not go with Montalvo then? I think he can personally, but I don't know. There's maybe... no reason to redshirt anyone this year, obviously, right? <clears throat> no, I think it'll be. I think man, Plot did miss last year with an injury himself too. So so here's yeah. my read on. 74, um, 
84 for, for Oklahoma State. Montalvo wouldn't go down, in my opinion, if Gear wasn't getting the best of him, right? And I don't think he'd go down if he didn't think he could beat Plot. So that's what that makes me think, that he's going to try his hand at, at 174 because he thinks he has a better shot at beating Plot than beating than beating Dakota yeah, Gear. Gear. So I think Gear will be the 84. I think Ferrari will be the 97. And then the winner will go at 74 will be the guy that goes because there's no reason to redshirt Dustin Plot. I think it'll be Plot though. Um, Plot's good. He's really good. And and it sounds like he's just killing it in the room and he's like this ridiculous, relentless worker. Um, but man, Montalvo came on last year. He, he really impressed me. I, I wasn't sure about him as a prospect yeah. coming out. Um, I thought he was really, I thought he was talented and thought he could be good, but you still know. And I thought yeah. he, I thought he really put together a great year. So maybe he won't. I could be wrong about plot. I'm, I'm sort of projecting with plot a little more, sure. whereas Montalvo is certainly more proven. So I, that, but that's just my read right now in Oklahoma State. Got it. They're gonna be really good. So talk a little more about. So the then we'll just keep going down. So 65 wet like 57 sheets, 49 uh Boo Llewellyn, and, and kind of the interesting note here is is John said that. G is going to be Boo's backup, and he's not going forty-one. Um, wow! Yeah, so that, interesting. that's interesting. So G just not starting. It's just not starting. I don't know. If maybe he's just not, can't make forty-one. And obviously, we heard for years that Boo was the guy in the room. He just kills everyone, apparently. And then he he was really good last year. Yeah. Um, and he stayed healthy throughout the season too. So then forty-one would be Dusty Hone or Cade Brock. Um. And I know we talked about date and fix at 25, and it does not sound Wait, like that is on. the plan. So, well, let's talk about Dusty Hone or Cade Brock. Is that is he saying Cade Brock's not healthy, or is he saying Dusty Hone's just better? Like, did he get into that at all? No, it just sounds like whoever's the better guy is going to wrestle. He didn't give any indication who that would be. No. I, okay. I, mean, I, need... I mean, obviously, we think it's going to be Cade Brock, uh, but we also thought it yeah. was going to be Kane G. Feller there last year, and Dusty Hone was a better guy. Yeah, man, I need Cade Brock, dude. Maybe two more years of Cade Brock. Sign me up. I was kind of hoping we'd see him back down at thirty-three. I did too, because uh, that he was just better there at one thirty-three. Mm-hmm. But as uh, we're getting to, Dayton was listed as the thirty-three pounder. I know it's been speculated for a while that he could consider going twenty-five. I don't think that's happening. One because John Smith said that would be so legendary, though. It would be epic. But it'll be like the Mark. It'll be like the Mark Schultz and uh, Ed Bannock match that just goes down in wrestling lore until some, you know, podcaster calls it a JV match. <laughs> oh man, I'm never. Gonna I mean, live think that about way. the implications of that. Think about absolutely. This guy is going to come down. Who's really good? Who's been on the world team? Who's been in the NCAA finals? Who's probably going to go down as an all-time great? Comes down to face another all-time great, like. That's the stuff legends are made of. And would be the last domestic freestyle loss for Spencer? Am I just completely forgetting something? I think you're right on that. Freestyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he didn't wrestle there for a long time. So he hasn't lost in America to, in freestyle since 2015 Akron. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it would be a legendary move by, by Dayton if he did it. But what makes me think, I mean, and this could be, not a factor at all, but the fact that they're t- 
first of all, their Trevor Master Giovanni apparently is doing really well, and Reese Whitcraft cutting down to 25. You don't cut down to 25 if Dayton might come down there because you would stay at 33 because there's a great chance that Reese would start at 33 if Dayton went down. Um, yeah. Unless that meant, unless that means Cade Brock would come down to 33, in which case, yeah, <clears throat> Reese Whitcraft probably not, probably not starting in any weight class this year. But I don't know. That's what I read into that. Yeah, so 25, he said, would be between Trevor Master Giovanni, Reese Whitcraft, who was an NCAA qualifier last year at 133, or uh, another true freshman, Jacason Burks. And then whoever doesn't get the spot there at 25 would bump up to 33 and be the guy until Dayton got back. But he made it pretty clear once Dayton's back, it's his. Yeah. Obviously. So, pretty salty lineup. What, do you th- what are your overall thoughts on Oklahoma State this year, Ben? Um. I mean, it looks like a lot of potential, right? A lot of guys who have high ceilings, but at the same time, um, there's not a ton of guys who have achieved, you know, like a top three finish at the NCAAs, right? You have Dayton who's done done that, and that that's it. And yeah. if you're going to compete with Iowa or Penn State, you're going to have to have, a, what, five top three finishes probably? Yes. A lot. At least. Yeah. At least. So, I mean, it, it kind of looks good. Like, okay, you could see, obviously, Master Giovanni or Jason Burks, you can see one of them being really good. Are they going to do it this year? I don't know. Dayton Fix, obviously proven. Cade Brock has a high ceiling, but we've never seen it. Boo Llewellyn, same. Wyatt Sheets, uh, I'm not so sure about him. Whitlake, again, high ceiling, but he has not been there. Plot, same thing. Gear, right? Uh, maybe not as high of a ceiling, but he's kind of been on the lower AA. Ferrari, who knows? So, I mean, I don't know. Like, you could see this team doing really well because there there's a high ceiling on some of the potential. But at the same time, you could see them being way, way, way back of. I mean, I could see that this team going to Iowa and losing eight or nine matches. Yeah, that that could happen. That could definitely happen. Just because... shut out potentially if Dayton doesn't win. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't. That would really surprise me if Dayton lost to. Well, who, who's the other? Who's the other one that's the favorite? I mean, I guess Wyatt Sheets beat Caleb Young last year, but, but that that would still probably be regarded as a as a coin flip match. Um, yeah. Whitlake, Marinelli, no. Plot Kimmer, no. AJ versus Jacob Warner. I'm interested, be... but he's not the favorite. Well, it's that's more. He's not the favorite because we don't have any information about AJ Ferrari. That's just like. We know what Jacob Warner is. We know how good he is. And we're guessing because, really, we haven't seen – when's the last meaningful match A.J. Ferrari wrestled? He partied on a couple of guys this summer in, in duels or whatever in meaningless matches. He was injured the majority of last year. He didn't go Super 32, who's number one. I Nothing. So I, I have no, no idea, Christian. So we have no idea. We have no idea how good he is. He could be – Absolutely on age or on Jacob Warner's level for all we know, right? Is a very highly touted recruit. And listen, he's a true freshman, sure, but listen, true freshman doesn't mean as much as it used to. Right. Does not mean as what it used to. So I'm just saying it's a it's a mystery, right? You I guess you would say on paper it is more likely that Jacob Warner would win that match, but we have no idea how good he is. We do know that he is uh, automatically one of the biggest heels in NCAA wrestling. Oh, yeah. Uh, he is oh, yeah. not going to have very many 
<laughs> he's gonna, you know, he'll be, he'll be, uh, uh, just polarizing. So I yeah. think some people are gonna. You're love, right. You're right. Some people are gonna love AJ Ferrari, <clears throat> and then some people are gonna yeah. be like, "This kid, give me a break." So I mean, it's been a while since Oklahoma State's had a villain. Yeah, I mean, really, I mean, was it Johnny Hendricks the last one? Johnny Hendricks. People didn't like Dean Heil. Yeah, but it wasn't but anything it wasn't for like any of his heel. actions, though. Yeah, it was just. People didn't like his wrestling style. He could have, yeah. if he had leaned into it, though. Right. Yeah. Like, uh, this is how I win matches. What are you going to do about it? Two-time <laughs> champ. Um, yeah. Uh, that that would have been funny, but uh, Dean didn't didn't do that. And no. I, and I understand. Um, they but, had uh, Hendrix and Mako at the same time. Yeah. Was Mako, yeah. Mako was a heel for sure. Mako was a heel. But for, for not, he wasn't, he didn't have actions like Johnny Hendrix did. It was just like. There was it was like mythic capacity of uh, Steve Mako. You know, he didn't say much. He just had that scowl on his face all the time. Yeah, it was yeah. Fantastic. He scared people. Then he, you know, the transfer <laughs> probably definitely um, amplified oh. the the heel status as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, the heel. I, I think he'll he will be a heel for sure. He's already well on his way. He hasn't even wrestled a match yet. Yeah, the tweets, and the TikToks, the TikToks, uh, the me. Instagram He's game. At freaking U23s and U20s this weekend. Because I want to see him wrestle. You guys are getting me excited. And we're still like two months out. They should show up this weekend. I know. They could all wrestle in it, Christian. All of them. I want it. I want it. Believe me. Seriously. Okay. Um, Where should we go next? Where are we going next? Um, U23s. Are we getting more signups? That's what I want to know. Because I'm excited for this event. As long as people show, I, I know. Listen, I know a lot of guys from Wisconsin are showing up. I know a lot of guys from Missouri are showing up. So that, that those are that's a bunch of guys in those two camps. But I don't know who else is going to show up. So it looks like a lot of registrations, not a ton of like high end, high end, best of the best star powder power. Fifty um, sevens really just Patrick Glory. How about, that's like the only star Jesse Mendez. Oh no, okay, Eric Barnett's in there. That's a Fargo champion. Um, Oh wow, Jesse Mendes, Mendes down at one twenty-five. No, yeah, we talked about this what on here because it's like it's like uh, plus two kilos. Oh, it is plus two kilos. Yeah, You're right. Yeah, 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 man. And he's not he's not really that big. Yeah, so yeah. He one, was definitely thirty. Okay, he was definitely the bad. smallest of the, or he was much smaller than Vanderveer. Yeah, Vanderveer's a giant, yeah. giant person. They'll never wrestle in college, I bet. Um. So sixty one's interesting because uh, yeah. I really I really like uh, Ryan Jack. I think he's so fun to watch. And then that's got Alvarez and Hilliard. Sammy Alvarez. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, nice. Robert Preeson. I have here? to imagine he's related to Brandon because yes. he's from Illinois. Mm-hmm. Um, but no yeah. Brandon Preeson fighting. So, man, yeah, it doesn't look like any Missouri entries are on here yet. Which I, I know they're gonna send a bunch. I know Northern Iowa's sending a bunch. Um, so. Man, well, I listen, feel like people just to have not registered ben. yet. Listen to this one. Okay. 65. Cody Chittum, Josh Saunders, Victor Voinovich, Anthony Ferrari, um, Julian Klebo, Jesse Vasquez. Joe Zargo. Joey Zargo. That is just a wild group. Dude, that's wild. Did you yeah. say Voinovich? This yeah. is an yeah. awesome group. <laughs> yes, it's awesome. Totally awesome. Yeah, so we're starting to have some fun now. Let's go. We're having a blast. <laughs> Who's having yeah. more fun than us right now? Seventy. Hey, Bianchi's in there. Hey, Medora. A couple oh. AWA boys going to make some noise. <laughs> Not that I'm biased or anything. Oh, you know who else is in there that you didn't call out? This guy, I love this guy right here. You're going to love him too. Bryce Andonian. 
Oh, I love Bryce yeah. Antonio. Who are you talking to? I love to? Bryce Antonio. I didn't. I missed. He I just be higher on your list. Name. He is high on my list. I literally just didn't read his name. Okay. You need to be placed Blow in Christian. some sort of a juice juice order. Um. <laughs> Seventy-four Facundo well, Valencia Olray. I'm. Yeah. I might know someone who's showing up there that might be a favorite. Go ahead. Well, you know who I'm. Is his name uh, Keegan O'Toole? Oh, I'm pretty sure. I, I thought he was showing up. Uh, oh, they just might not yeah, have entered him yet. Up. They well, if no Missouri guys are in here, then um, it would yeah. dude. Yeah, Keegan Facundo Valencia. Keegan's winning that. Well, right? if if Valencia lost three matches at Super Thirty or Super Eight or whatever, <laughs> Super Eight Motel, Motel. Gets, you don't got much of a chance against Keegan. <laughs> if he's losing three matches at the Super Eight parking lot, you ain't got much of a chance, bro. Oh my gosh! You're right about that. If yeah, he, if he's losing that ain't, the, that ain't go well. to the size Cody and Chittum, he he's not beating Keegan. Keegan, Keegan, yes. no way. Um, how much better oh, would you man. say Keegan has gotten since maybe a year ago when we saw him at who's number one? That's an interesting question because I didn't get to see him a lot against college guys at that point in time, so it's very very difficult to make a guess. There. Oh. All right. Yeah. 50, 57 kilos at U23 is pretty interesting. Brandon Courtney, Devin Schroeder, Rayvon Foley, Danny Vega, Nick Aguilar, Joey Prada, Cody Russell, nice. Luke Warner. A lot of NCAA qualifier ranked guys. Hey, remember Nick Soto? Yeah. Chattanooga uh, Strong? He's, he's, he, there's a Nick Soto registered at 97 kilograms. I, I don't think that's one. him. <laughs> it, it could not. It says he's from Texas. <laughs> I don't think so. Can you imagine? What if it was Nick Soto and he's like was a twenty-five pounder? Now he's at two thirteen. Hey, you guys got to assume. Go ahead, wait, hold, Nebraska's not really in here. You got to assume they're going to register. They're they're fifty-five minutes down the road or something, right? You would yeah, I would assume so. People just don't like. So you're going to assume. Yeah, you're going to assume them. You're going to assume Missouri. Yeah, I, I got to assume these brackets are going to be really tough within uh, the course of a couple weeks here. Hunter Katka at 125. I'm excited to watch him. Mm-hmm. Another I meant a couple days. He <laughs> didn't catch that. I said a couple weeks. I'm in a couple days. Oh, sorry. They could register in a couple weeks. They we, just might miss the tournament. They, they might miss the tournament. That is <laughs> that, that would be the risk they run. Uh, 61 U23 is Mickey Phillippe, Ian Parker, Taylor Lamont, Colin Michael Corioko. Todd Small. Yep. Todd Not Small. That's a good one. His, Todd's name is Todd Not Small. Yeah. Remember that. Uh, Travis Ford Melton, I always like him. I know. He hasn't really mm-hmm. broken out yet, but I think he's really good. I think it's going to happen. I think it'll happen one day. I think he'll get on the one podium. Uh, what else? Yeah. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. Is This uh, this is like the warm-up to the, your guys' Saturday night event. It's going to be know. a lot of wrestling to watch. It'll be a very fun weekend. Evan Wick is in at 74 kilos along with Ja'Cory Teamer. Mm-hmm. Jake Wentzel, Quentin Perez, uh, Phil Canigliero. Philly cheese. Philly cheesesteaks. Yeah, yeah, good. Do some fun, fun wrestling. I think we should go to questions. I saw a bunch of good ones in there. I did too. Think, Christian? Let's go to it. All right. Well, the first one, um, so right here, from Cess uh, Antista. How can we expect to compete with the Russians when they are learning freestyle savviness at such a young age? I love folk style. Saying we'll never get there unless we change. I just don't agree. I get it. I I, I get the argument, but I don't agree. And I will just say that in 2017, Team USA won the 
freestyle world championship. I think our, if you think if we were only focusing on freestyle stuff would, would help, I guess, but the proof's also in the pudding that we, we can compete at the highest level against, against Russia. Yeah, I agree. And it's, we, we, I mean, we've talked about this. We don't need to outline it probably all that much more, but there was a few things that have been happening recently that made America much more competitive. The RTC system has been fantastic. And then just the amount of money. So guys are sticking around much longer um, is making us both our high end talent stick around longer and it's making the weight classes deeper. Um, yes. And that's a really, really positive thing. So yeah, uh, I think America's uh, on the upward trajectory right now. I think that's pretty obvious. Um, I think maybe it would help a little bit, but it's hard to put an exact metric on that. Yes, I agree. Um, okay. From Ashley Clark, if JB wins, will he consider moving up a weight? Should he? Well, AJ Ferrari better hey. hope he doesn't want to move up too many weights. <laughs> I already we said, I already said that what I think up. about this. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, ben, ben is convinced that Jordan is moving up. I think that's I think it's yes. lunacy. No, no not convinced he's moving up. I'm saying he wants to test the waters and see how it goes. And hey, man, if he put it on Zahid and then he beats uh, David Taylor, he may just move up. I don't think that match is happening. Do you? Unfortunately, it does not seem to be that way. Um, I was really excited for it. I was surprised it was going to happen. And then, uh, you know, they got our hopes up. They let us down. You let us down, Magic Man and JB. You let us down. Challenge Brick. How many times has Ben Askren say, listen, in an episode? That, yeah, I'm glad they point this out because I had, I had this one thing where I was saying write a lot. And uh, my wife called me out on it. And it, I, I think I've mostly gotten rid of it. Uh, I didn't realize I said listen a lot. There's just some things that maybe become like, Listen, uh, <laughs> damn it, there I said it. It's coming. Uh, okay, um, how do I say I'm on air like seven hours a week between all my podcasts. So there's going to be just some things that start happening. And I did not notice that I said that word a lot. And now that I've noticed it uh, or someone noticed it for me, I'm going to have to pay attention. And it's going to be super annoying if I can't like break the habit. Yeah. I wonder if I have those. I'm sure I do. Hey. Have you caught yourself with any of those? Well, I, I used to listen to every show twice. Or, like, you know, I'd do the show and I would listen back. Really? Yeah, I used to. Now um, I, d I don't. Um, just, like, time and stuff. and Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So I don't know. But I used to pick up on things I would do. I'd be like, okay, don't do that. Do this. But now, yes. who knows? And Rocky doesn't tell me. So I, I, don't, I, don't think, I can't think of any. I do say the. Have F you guys word picked up on me saying <laughs> that word a lot? Yeah, yeah. It's like you say "listen" when you're like right before you're about to make a point, like or mm. you're, you're like "listen," blah 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 blah, blah blah blah. Yeah, you do it a lot. So I can. It's one of those things where you can use it. You you, you can use words a little bit, but if you start using it too much, it becomes really annoying. And now, especially the fact that this man pointed this out. And, and now people are watching this. They're going to be paying attention for me saying it also. Then they'll be annoyed that I'm saying it. Yeah. So I got to stop. But you know, the the I think listen is not that bad. But some people put the, uh, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like at the end of. Oh, that one. Like Mako? Mako like is a everything. big. You know what I mean? You know what, what I mean? mean? Yeah. Scotty mean? Winston, I think he, he had he had one of those. That's kind of a throwback there. Throwback guy. Um, throwback. It was a jersey thing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, real quick from YouTube, uh, 
Joe Allen said, uh, whoever the podcaster was, it said Schultz versus Bannock was JV should be shot. Wow. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we know that guy's Christian Piles. So we know that guy's uh, well, so, I didn't fortunately I put lived, that guy on a list. <laughs> item one, I did not say that. Pull the quote, Ben Askren. Item one. Pull the quote. Christian's I'm gonna, address I'm gonna is 1611 Ferry Road, Austin, Texas. I did not say it was a JV match. Maybe gonna, I did. I'm gonna go back. I don't think I did. I'm going to go back and listen. I'm going to have the quote for tomorrow. I'm going to have the clip. I have. Uh, I actually have marked down what episode it was because I've been meaning to do it. You I do? I just have it. Yeah, it was like 472, I think. Or five. Or okay. 472, yeah. We've been, wow. about right. we've been doing this for a while. Right. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go back. I'm going to get the clip. We're going to play it tomorrow, and we're going to make a ruling. Yes. Okay. Wait, Ben's, yes, uh, Ben, you're not on tomorrow, right? No. I'm Asian fly, sensation. Like, where, will, where will I be tomorrow? Let's see. So I leave at 6.30 tonight, so 8 a.m. tomorrow. You know what? I might be in, in the airport in Doha, Qatar, uh, so maybe I'll hop on if the internet's good. Never know. All right. Well, that would be Tell, tell people where you're going again. Or so can I'm you? going to Singapore. Uh, uh, yeah, I can. They've announced. Okay. I'm, on the, uh, I'm on the Asian Apprentice. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to Singapore. Here, here's yeah. my question. So I was I was explaining what? to my dad and brothers about this, and they're like, "Does he speak the language?" I was like, "Ah, no, I don't think he does at all. I guess they just translate." No, guys, no. Singapore's Singapore's language is uh, English. Oh, really? Right? So it's based on. Did you know that? Yeah, it's based on Singapore. The, the national language is English. Everything's in English. It's very easy to get around. I'm sure it is going to be distributed in, in other countries. So I'm sure they're going to have subtitles or something in those other countries, right? It's going to be distributed all around Asia. So I'm guessing there will be some. How many Asian countries are English? Like English is their primary language. I, I believe Singapore is the only one. Okay. But it's funny because I feel depending less on, well, it depends on where you go. So like if you're in Shanghai. Uh, I feel like there's quite a few English, you know, it's a pretty cosmopolitan city. There's quite a few English speakers. Um, but if you're in like uh, Phnom Penh, Cambodia or Jakarta, you, you're not getting any any English whatsoever. It's like you can't do anything. You have to just use your hands and point stuff out and whatnot. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, that's good. Also, I wanted to make a point. I thought this was the case and I was just checking on it really quick. But uh, the precinct mentioned in um, the U23 registration he is uh, number one at 125 in D3. Oh, snap. What a beast. Yeah, in the D3 nice. rankings we just dropped yesterday. I bet he dumps people all the time, just like Brandon, if they're related. And if wrestling. I, I believe they are genetic. brothers. I believe they're brothers. Okay. Um, will trash talking to sell views turn wrestling into WWE? Where's the happy medium? I it's wish. genuine, it's great. I wish it did. Don't be millionaires, when, Christian. When guys start faking, it's cheap and tacky. <clears throat> well, how do you know what faking is? Well, you oh come on, you can't tell when some of the when someone tries to be like a McGregor or whatever. It's it's really cringy. Well, it happens all the time. But in MMA. listen, when they try and they're not good at it, yeah, it doesn't look good. Just like when someone tries to be good at wrestling and they're not good at it, it doesn't look good, right? Okay. But but McGregor, McGregor, so the best trash talkers. Here's what they do: they amplify their own persona. Mm -hmm. Okay, they amplify it. And in wrestling, what most wrestlers do is the opposite, right? They take the, their personas here in MMA. They would amplify it because they realize it makes them more money. In MMA, they would they would tamper it down, right? They would tamper down their own personality because having a personality in wrestling is shunned. Now it's becoming more and more acceptable in wrestling to have a personality to say things. 
but it's but we're not there yet. It's still kind of like looked down upon to to say things that are outlandish, to do things, to say you're going to whoop your opponent or something like that. That is, that is still looked down upon. And uh, if people look down on WWE, listen, I wish I wish that our top 20 guys in America made a million dollars a year like they do in WWE. I wish that was the case. If we did, people would probably never, ever quit wrestling. And there would probably be a lot more wrestlers in America. So listen, I hope it does catch on. I hope guys get good at it. Are they going to be good at their first attempt? No. But they can start moving that direction. Um. Yeah, I, I think, how, but how many, take WWE out, how many really okay. good trash talkers do you think there are in MMA? Um, I feel like most of well, them are kind of so, terrible. Uh, there's, a handful that are, there's a handful that are really, really good, but, but there's still way more, even in, in a mid and a low level, there's still way more back and forth. Because listen, in, in MMA, in, in the UFC, you guys could try doing this if you want, in the UFC, they put you in a room. So fight week, right? They fly you out on Tuesday. Your fight's on Saturday. Um, they they send you to a room and they ask you questions about Christian Piles. Hey, you're going to mm-hmm. fight Christian Piles. What do you think about it? And they will literally just kind of like incite you to say something. And they will, if you don't do it good, they're just going to ask you over and over and over and over. They want their freaking soundbite, Christian. They want it. And they want it bad. And they're going to get it. And so um, the UFC has a model behind it, right? They understand. And wrestling doesn't – Wrestling doesn't have a professional promotion right now, right? Flo has promoted some cards, but Flo has not said, this is what we're doing. We're going to do this 24 times a year or whatever, like the UFC's done. And the UFC knows what they need to sell pay-per-views. Listen, they don't try to get those sound bites for nothing. They try to get those sound bites because those sound bites, sound bites get mm-hmm. people interested in fights, and it makes people more likely to tune in. Right. Um, no, I, I understand it. I just think, man, there are not a lot of, Guys in MMA that actually impressed me with it, so um, and I wouldn't want it to be cringy. But obviously, I'm not. I'm not opposed to the some of the some of the trash talk we see. Okay, but hey, Christian, you know you know the numbers. Like your heart, your heart right now is saying like I don't want to see these guys be jackasses. Mm-hmm. But your brain is probably saying, well, I see the numbers, and I see the guys who talk, and I see the numbers they get, and they're better than the guys who don't talk generally speaking, right? If we compare the same same competitive levels, mm-hmm. you compare them with their contemporaries, they, they do better. So yes, we do need some guys to talk and uh, and we need that to become more acceptable in wrestling if we want to become more, uh, I, don't, I don't know, mainstream is not the word I want to use, uh, more viewed, more watched, um, more able to be a business in and of itself. Yeah, but I, I, w- I could easily counter it with, Spencer Lee is one of the most popular Dayton fix. Nick Soriano. Nick Soriano is a big personality, sure. but find some trash talk among those three guys. But so I, yeah, and, and so I wouldn't argue that you need specifically trash talk. You need personalities, is what yeah. I would say, right? And Nick has his little thing. DeSanto doesn't say anything, but he has his thing, right? There's something about him. Mm-hmm. And because there's so few personalities in wrestling, people gravitate to those people. And what I would say about Spencer and probably Dayton is like with those with those type of programs, Iowa, Ohio, uh, Oklahoma State, like the really really power pros, you're always going to have like a favorite, right? And they may or may not say things, but that program and that fan base is going to push those people to the top because they're the biggest fan base and because they want something to cheer for and they want to hang on that person's every movements and every actions. Right. Right. And you you can look back at that if you if we go over the last twenty years, 
whoever is Oklahoma State or Iowa's choice as their their fan favorite is probably a top five personality over the last 20, whoever it's been, right? Whether it's, we go all the way back to Johnny freaking Thompson, right? Johnny Thompson, then Johnny Hendricks, right? And you could just kind of go through the trajectory of who their guy was. And it's whoever Oklahoma State and Iowa State's fan favorite is, is probably a top five personality in wrestling. Yeah. Um, you know, Spencer and then before him, Metcalf and so on. Um, yeah, you're probably right. Ramos probably. Gilman. I mean, Gilman was the top five. It was probably, Ramos it probably goes was the top Brent, five. Brent, Ramos, Gilman. Now you could say sure. Spencer DeSanto. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, I mean, whoever the, whoever the favorite there is, is always, always going to be a top five personality because those fan bases are so large. Yes. Okay. Next up. Um, this is a funny one. Uh, got into an argument with my junior high kids today at practice, is it, and there's a picture. There's a there's a um, visual element to this. Is this a is this a bar or a wing? So it's both. For, yeah, it's called both. Um, but I I always I learned this is just called an arm bar when you would bar the arm. I don't know if uh, Tyler's pulling it up for the visual component. But you know what? Something that people say. Have you guys ever heard someone? So if I got a bar and a wrist. People call, I've heard people call the wrist a bar. You ever heard that? No, that's wrong. I've heard that. It's no. very, I was like, that's I've not a bar. It. I've heard that. <laughs> I've heard that from, man, I'm trying to think of who it was. It was someone like in wrestling, like not just a. Really? Not a Shenandoah Valley high school coach uh, like <laughs> me. Like a legit person. It's called it a bar. I was like, no, that's not a, that's not a bar. Here, we got the picture. There it is. Uh, I call that an arm bar. Yeah, same. But you know, if you call a chicken, I I think both are acceptable. I think both are acceptable. Yes, I agree. We'll accept both answers. Yeah. So um, no one's wrong, Coach. Sorry. <laughs> Not be able to divide your room with this with this argument. Um, name current two current NCAA coaches you'd like to see enter the eight man competition. Not necessarily against each other. Just two coaches you'd like to see mix it up. I think Doug Schwab would surprise a lot of people if he entered. Um, well, he would surprise people if he entered, but I think he would his performance would surprise people because I think he still very much got it. Yeah, uh, I mean, we already said Terry. You know I'm gonna say, dang it, I can't say him again. <laughs> you could. That's who I want. You know who I want? All right, let's just, let's just put it out there. John Ooh. W. I feel like he'd still he'd, he'd get man. one. He's what? like 55 now, right? How old is he? Terry's 52. Okay. Does, is there some cliff they fall off of at 53 really? years old? Terry's 52. They're, that Terry's They're really that close in age. How old is John Smith? <laughs> Who is that guy? <laughs> it pulled up the old pioneer, John's. Or was it? Yeah. John's 55. How old is he? 55. Oh, man. Yeah. I, get, I didn't realize I, that I think I, I think Terry's in there a lot more working out than, than John is. Yeah. I don't think John wrestles all that much anymore. Yeah. Darn it. Okay, fine, fine. Um, you know who another guy who I think would still uh, be really good because uh, he stayed in really great shape? He's got all his Jamil Kelly, who kind of peaked later in his competitive career. Uh, he would be interesting to see in there. Yeah, I don't believe he's aged yet since making the team. I believe that is frozen. <laughs> his, it is frozen his very form in time, the, the Olympic silver. So, um, um, mm-hmm. so that. Um, Okay. All right. What's the next question? Sorry, I got distracted. Um, got this. 
Ben made a funny reference to how closely Kale monitors his athlete social media. Does John have a radar on his? John Smith have a radar on his? I, I feel think like John Smith. No, no. I think Coach Esposito or Coach Perry is probably like, "Hey, Coach, just just so you know, AJ's kind of going after Jordan <laughs> how right you, now." How you think that conversation goes, John? Because like, Coach, it's just not. It's not. No matter what it's about, it's just not smart to just like go at the the biggest wrestling star in the United States of America. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it not good. Even, he didn't really make a good point at all. There was no good point there whatsoever. Negative. It's not good. Negative. Ne- um, not good. That was just it was just kind of a whiff. Um you know, it's it's something I was saying earlier. You know, think about I think about having social media at a young age. I mean, all the time these guys, these NFL guys get drafted and then their tweets from like twenty thirteen get pulled up and they're <laughs> I saying hate some that sh- when they do that. Oh, I do too. I think I think I think that is Yeah, they're sending tweets when they're twelve and you're using it to It's gross. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Yet at the same time, I feel like the um the opportunities you had to just make mistakes and say stupid things and then like kind of learn from them among your peer group or at school in your dorm or whatever. Yeah. Those are just lost. Now you have to learn them and if you have a, a a profile of any sort, like AJ does, you you basically have to learn these lessons in front of everyone, right? Yes. So there's such an element. I mean, people need real social media training because, fair or not, I mean, it's not. It is not. Well, I don't think it's fair when you pull. It's not up, fair. It's not. But fair. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You're gonna have to answer for those in some form or fashion. You will be called if you gain a level of notoriety. Those tweets, if you tweet something audacious in 2016 and you get drafted two years... How, you know, old, are years, you? how old are you? I'm 35. 30, no, no, no. How, I, no. In said example, when you're saying in 2016, okay, how 2016, old are they? If they're, uh, if they're 14 or 15, uh, if, if, if they're 17 or 18, I'm thinking, okay, they should have some more competence. If it's when they're like 14, which people have done this, I think like, that's gross. The news media should be ashamed of themselves for picking on a four. Think about this, Christian. Think about what right now, if today we went and found some 14-year-old's dumbass tweet and we started picking on him. That would be awful. But that's essentially what those people are doing. They're going back and referencing what those people are saying as 14-year-olds. It's gross. It's, it should not be happening. I, don't, I do not disagree at all. Um, but if you're going to be called to answer for those things or just, you know. And this is not an example of that with, with AJ. This is an example of something different, right? Um, yeah. Uh-huh. But there's a, a level of... I think it's tough in, in this day and age, too, if you're a coach, because um, college athletes have more of a platform than they ever had before, mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. they're using it more than they ever had before. And a lot of, um, notably, like, college football programs had restrictions on what guys could tweet. Like, I remember earlier this summer, it was coming out that Iowa had something you had to sign where it was, like, one tweet a month. Like, something ridiculous. Oh, um, boy, yeah. So, like, all that I stuff, like... That. Like now, you you can't do that. Um, like they, the coaches just got, you know, killed for it. It's like you, these kids got to be able to do do and say what they want. But then also when they're saying stuff like that, like what do you do? Like, yeah. well, that, I mean, that's I, think, I mean, I think it's about mentorship. Being a good mentor, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's mentorship. It's saying, listen, I'm not going to tell you what you can and can't do. You're an adult. This is your life. But here's here's what I'm going to advise you to do. I'm going to advise you to if you think your tweet's really dumb. 
maybe like go talk to your roommates and not the dumb roommate that encourages you to do dumb stuff, but like <laughs> yeah. the wise roommate who's like, ah, the one, the one that's reading right that. now, go talk to that guy. The one with the book. Yes. Yeah. Go talk to him. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, there's that one college teammate that just encourages everyone to do every dumb idea that they have. Like don't hang out with that guy. Yeah. So you want to hear, th- Oh my gosh. You want to hear a really funny story? No. Let's move on. Come on, please. Can I tell it? Yeah, of course. Oh, I won't say your names. Okay. Oh. So there was this there was this one on my college wrestling team. I was we were having dinner. Uh, two dudes were over at my house, and this one dude was complaining about the, the study hall, uh, the total person program um guy who was yell- kept yelling at him in study hall because this is 2005. I don't remember what he was doing. There was social media didn't exist, right? So maybe he was playing games or something in study hall. And just for to, to be funny. He said, I'm going to, I'm going to email him. And he wrote this email. It was like, he called him dear Joey, please stop messing with me in study hall, blah, blah, blah. And he made kind of made these threats. Like I'll whoop your ass or something. <laughs> Christian, he left the room and the other roommate click send on it. And he said to this, this dude, oh my gosh, <laughs> coach Smith the next day, coach Smith lost his damn mind on this kid and it was the funniest thing ever (laughs) who did the email get sent to the total person program guy that's like the the academic department the academic department in in within the athletic department it got sent to that guy right and then that guy obviously then forwarded the message to coach smith and then coach smith oh my god he lost his damn mind on this kid it was so funny (laughs) in front of the whole team uh it was in his office but in his office you could like he was yelling so loud that everyone could hear <laughs> you know we were all like out, outside yeah oh my god that was so funny oh man <sighs> poor guy classic, um classic that is a classic <laughs> don't, yeah don't I th- hang out with that roommate no don't don't be around that guy i think the mentorship and it's like if you start drawing the, uh, a real black and white line saying, do this, don't do this, I think you're not going to get what you want and you're not going to really effectively teach the lesson. So if you just got to give the context and hope that they, they learn from it and, and change. So that's mm-hmm. my thought on so- social media uh, for the day. Um, trying to see if there's any other ones I uh, want to get to. Okay, would you rather see Musakayev wrestle with David Taylor's gas tank or with a mask on? With a mask, 100%. I, well, here's the thing. <laughs> I feel like I basically do as is. The man the man gasses routinely out in the first period, sometimes 90 seconds into a match, right? That's what makes him great. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see him with a good gas tank. I, what? So now we're, we're moving him for – I do. I mean, the, we're talking – we could see an absolute unprecedented level of – of wrestling. Yeah, I don't want to see that. I want to see him with a mask on because it'll be even funnier when he gasses out. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't want to see him be. I mean, if, if he's got David Taylor gasting, he might just win everything, though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't want that. It's not yeah, fair. Yeah, we don't want that. We don't want that. Okay. All right. I guess the yeah, mask. Don't on. give. Don't give him the David Taylor. I want to see him laying sure. their death cam with a with a mask on <laughs> at the period break. <laughs> yeah. Just laying there. I want to see him try to pull his mask down at the break and the ref, like, smack his hand. Yeah, smack the mask back up. <laughs> oh, that would be funny. Oh, man. That would be really good. Yeah, that uh, should happen. Hey, so um, real quick before You know we what get- you guys could do, Christian? Kyle, can I give you an idea here? Yeah. You can hire Musa Kaya to do a match, 
Okay. And I'm sure Musakayev does not know American geography whatsoever. Okay. No. And you go do the match in like Wyoming at 7,000 feet <laughs> elevation. And he's going to gas in like 24 seconds. Oh my gosh. That's a, that is kind of a genius idea. Larry, dude, set it up. Him versus. Let's just, let's just move our uh, eight man bracket. Put him in the eight man bracket. Move it to Laramie. Oh yeah. yeah. Give him. That give him. Glorious. Give him like. Uh, who? It, who's gonna gas someone out the best in us? Zane. Well, Zane, but he's not in it. I feel like Lugo would be a good at like oh. getting down like six to eight points and then storming back. Um, getting him really tired. A lot of good. A lot of good options. Mm-hmm. You need someone that won't get teched like in eight seconds. Which he can also do. Um, no, great idea. Elevation trick will be perfect. Although the guys from Dagestan, I've seen the pictures. It looks pretty high up there. Like what's that? Uh, well, I right. believe I believe it goes from sea level to really high up relatively quick. I, okay. I know my geography right. Let's see. Yeah, he's um, Dagestan elevation nine hundred sixty meters. That means nothing to me. Nine, it's like 3,000 feet, so it's relatively low. But, yeah, then it does go – the highest peak is uh, right around 15,000. Yeah, Laramie's like 7,000. Okay. 7,000. Mm-hmm. Feet? You're going to feel it. Yeah. All right, so yeah. we'll move that match. 7,165 for Laramie. Okay. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, so – for those of you watching, I have a really cool thing I want to show you. Um, but I wanted to do this at the end of the show because um, if you're just listening in your car, you may not be as cool. But we have a really sweet Jordan Burroughs, Zahid Valencia um, promo nice. video I wanted to show. Um, just kind of play it right here at the end. And then uh, then we'll go and you won't, you won't hear from us again. We're just going to play this video and call it a show. But Ben, you're going to like this video. We thank you guys so much for listening. Please enjoy this I think maybe for the first time ever, this Jordan Burroughs Zahid Valencia promo. And you don't even have to play the music, Jonathan. Zahid is not too big. I'm strong, I'm fast, I'm confident. The better wrestler will win. My name is Jordan Burroughs. I'm a wrestler for the United States of America and freestyle wrestling. I'm an Olympic gold medalist, four-time world champion, eight-time medalist, two-time NCAA champ, state champ, won a couple of things. If I could describe my wrestling style in three words, I would say precision, explosiveness, grit. I am the fever inside your soul. Why do I wrestle? I mean, it's changed significantly since I was a young man, but at this point, I love the challenge that it presents for me. To be an Olympic and world champion, you definitely have to have mental toughness, mental fortitude. It's the guy that's willing to withstand the pain, the discomfort, the sacrifice longer than his opponent. November 14th, I'll be wrestling Zahid Valencia. A lot of people have forgotten how good he is as an athlete. If not for the failed drug test at the Mateo Pelicone, he'd be regarded as one of the best wrestlers domestically and one of the best athletes in the world. Zahid has size, he has strength, he has stature. He's never wrestling anyone of my caliber. I don't know what his game plan and his strategy is going to be, to be honest. I don't know what he's going to bring to this match. It's going to be harder than he thinks, um, and I'm sure that it's going to be difficult for me, but when it's game time and the ref blows the whistle and there's money on the line, I want to get my hand raised every single time. Since you bring me 
name is Lee Valencia. That first day, um, you know, I shed, I shed a lot of tears. You know, I went down and talked to my fiance, and I was just like, why? His college career is over, you know, he's gonna be downhill from here. But it never crossed my mind that it took away my dreams, come the best. say my wrestling style is you know constant pressure movement trying to get the angles hands-on just trying to tire out and break my opponent as much as possible so right now I'm just focused on one style one style to stop one style to gut to do anything that I could on Jordan just fans would say come on I'm just a college kid just coming out and this guy's a multiple world and Olympic champ you know I made a mistake and I've learned from it and this has molded me to become a better person you know taking out a world and Olympic champ and these are the kind of goals that I want for myself the things that he did in his career now get a real chance to achieve my dreams has been so dominant because he hasn't had to wrestle tremendous athletes. I don't think Jordan wrestled anyone like me. Let's let it fly. I'm so I'm going to bring it to him and just put on a show. He shoots often. My counter offense is really good. Does a really good job of wearing guys down and getting to his attacks. I have a tremendous gas tank and I don't really get tired. With everything that I have, my length, my speed, my strength, everyone knows what he does. <laughs> the bigger they are, the slower they are. I'm going to present a tough matchup for anyone in the world, no matter the size. There hasn't been many people to be able to take me down. I haven't given up a lot of points throughout my whole career. I'm planning on going out there and attacking, shooting, scrambling, wrestling as hard as I can through every position and see if he can hold up. I know when I get out there, as soon as I get in, you know, I'm getting my points no matter what it is. Dumping him for two. I'm planning on getting taken down in this match. No, not at all. I'm not going into this match to get beat. I'm not going to get scored on. I'm going to dominate. Like, let's just throw all caution to the wind and let's just wrestle. I've been put in these type of situations. I have to sit in the center and hold my ground and not give up any points. And I've done it over and over again. I don't think it's any different. There's a big difference between winning and leaving people in awe. I want to leave people in awe.